Well, welcome to Round the Table with Christian Sir. And uh, we are talking today about home education. Is it a safeguard against tyranny? And um, great, delighted to be joined today by Steve Bigu, our Head of Education at Christian Concern. Um, welcome, Steve. And it's great to be with by, you, Tim. And also by Janine Bell, um, who is a home educator herself. Uh, welcome, Janine. Thank you for joining us. And also is coordinator of Classical Conversations in the UK. Janine, why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself and how you got into this? Um, hello, thank you for having me. It's a joy and a privilege to be here. Um, so I'm married to Jonathan and we have four children and our two eldest boys were at school. I thought home educators were mad, um, <laughs> probably illegal too, but I, I was wrong on both counts. Uh, then the Lord, because the Lord made me one, so I've had to change my tune. <laughs> Funny how life goes. So I was trained as a lawyer um, and then got married and had children. Uh, one of the reasons I was a lawyer actually was because I, I didn't want to be a teacher. So uh, again, funny how the Lord works. <laughs> so uh, I don't really see myself as a teacher actually, I'm more of a, a facilitator. But um, so now uh, by God's grace, we found this wonderful life. And uh, I describe it really, I feel a bit like Lucy who went through the wardrobe. Um, I was mm. only going to play hide and seek, which actually I thought was perfect fun. Uh, but oh, I discovered yeah. Narnia. And uh, I think if you speak to anybody who's a member of a classical conversations community in the UK, they'd probably say the same thing. Um, so what is classical conversations? It's quite a hard thing to describe because mostly when we're talking about a thing, you have a comparison for it. And there isn't a great comparison for classical conversations because mm -hmm. it's not a school. We're talking about education and mm -hmm. I don't like to compare it to a school because it's not a school but it has some similarities to a school. So I'll have a go and, and one day this will be a clear thing to explain, but at the moment it, it's, it's quite a okay. hard thing to explain. So if I give that as a okay. introduction, um, if you're struggling, but then maybe we'll just ask questions, but I'll try. So you might've heard of the term goods and services. In a nutshell, classical conversations provide goods and services for the rekindling of the classical Christian education in this nation. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the goods, you could just buy goods at classicalconversationsbooks.co.uk. You can buy textbooks, you can buy manuals, you can buy workbooks, you can buy mm -hmm. um, books about the classical model of learning. Um, and that's the good side of it. But to fully enter into the spirit of classical conversations, though, the real fruit comes from either starting or joining a new community or CC village. So this is where the services aspect of classical conversations kicks in. Parents who have educated <coughs> ahead of us have helpfully <coughs> paved their uh, blazing trail with a, with a map and a structure for the rest of us to follow. And this is classical conversations. Mm -hmm. So as, as most of my generation are learning the classical model of learning from the ground zero, pretty much, uh, we need some help. And so for parents that are eager to reclaim their own education alongside mm. their children's education. Mm. Classical conversations is just a godsend because um, mm -hmm. these people that have already walked this journey have then laid out a roadmap for us. And now yeah. it's- So can, can you, um, Janine, can you explain, because there are several different models of uh, home education as I understand it. And I yeah. think classical Christian education is one of them. 
and you obviously are a big fan of that and using it great can you explain what it is for people who won't necessarily know who are listening what is the classical model yes yeah so um i'll have a go when we learned or when when i learned and i think most people learn this way at school you kind of you do a subject and you go if you're in high school you would go and learn that particular subject and then you would move to a different classroom and do a different subject yeah with classical learning you're always thinking about the tools of learning rather than uh, the content so you need content so the content in lots of ways remains the same mm -hmm. but the way you go about learning it is different so this classical conversations uh, for example or the classical model I should just talk about because it is the same whichever way you do it mm -hmm. if you're gonna if you or I are gonna learn something new let's pick something <clears throat> knitting um, yep. I don't knit. Uh, I don't know if anyone knits, but um, you have to <laughs> you have to learn the tools of the trade. So you have to, OK, knitting needle, wool, and then there's probably different kinds of wool and you have to learn all the different names. Yeah. So every everything, everything that God has made under the sun has a name. And yeah. um, until you can name the parts of a thing, you can't really have dominion over it. And that's biblical, right? That's what happened yeah. back at the beginning. Yeah. That's true. So the classical model of learning starts there with everything and always. Mm -hmm. So no matter what age you are and no matter how much of an expert you might be in law, if you're going to do knitting for the first time, you're a beginner and you begin at the beginning with names. So it's very equipping because you're essentially learning a set of skills for how mm -hmm. to learn a thing. And once you've got a bunch of names in a thing, what happens is the way God's made us is our brain just naturally starts to join the dots. So each name would just be like an individual dot, but the brain makes those connections and that takes you to the second stage of learning. So that first stage of naming is the grammar stage. The next mm -hmm. stage of make joining the dots, if you like, is, is the dialectic stage. And then the idea is that you, you can ultimately bear fruit in wisdom, um, which is the rhetorical stage, the final stage of learning. Okay. And the idea is as well that apparently, actually, we have a, so we had an academic on our team last year. She's had to go back to America, but from Oxford University, I don't mm. know her full title, but she alerted us to the fact that actually there's a crisis in, in um, the academic world at the moment because there's no integration between subjects. So you can have an expert in yeah. one field and an expert in another field with yeah. conflicting expertise. So they can't both be right. And yeah. If you were to learn using the classical model of learning, I don't think that would be possible. Right. Okay. No, uh, that's, that sounds great. It's a great sound. So there's a lot more we could talk about on that. And if you're watching or listening live, um, do send in your questions um, on Facebook and YouTube in the comments. We can see them. And uh, if you've got any questions about home education, let's, let's, um, let's discuss those. But um, Steve, I want to go to you, um, Steve. So. Um, you might want to explain a bit of your background, but the question for you is, um, is it true that more and more people are going for home education? And, and if so, why is that? Yeah, sure, Tim. So, so yeah, so I'm, um, I've been a teacher pretty much all of my life, ever since I, I left university. And I've been uh, training up my own children, trying to disciple them, um, but also being a head teacher of a Christian school in Whitney in Oxfordshire. And um, very much have thought through those kinds of issues that Janine's been raising about how the education system that we have mm. often reduces everything into its own separate subjects. Mm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily help our children grow in the ability to 
critically think about things or actually understand things with wisdom in the way in which God would God would want us to. So um, that's something that we've definitely been thinking about in, in, in a Christian school where I where I taught. I taught in state schools for, for many years as well. And I've been um, I've got lots of Christian friends who have been home educating and have been very much impressed with with what they've done and and the reasoning behind why they've done it. I think one of the things that the church hasn't realised and Christians haven't realised it's really what home educators are doing and have often critiqued it with without understanding. And what, one of the things that I, I keep on doing to home educators is, is, is apologising to them for the way in which the church has often misunderstood or not understood what they've been doing and why they've they've been doing it. It isn't just a hide and seek thing. It is actually a discovering of Narnia um, and it's a discovering of something that, that God has has made as a fantastic option for um, really passing on, effectively passing on Christian faith to your children, because we all need to realise that parents have the main ability, responsibility to pass on Christian faith to their children. And um, yeah. we would support parents in, that, in our Christian school setting. But what a fantastic option to be able to have still in our country, because it's not legal in all countries anymore, um, to still have this option to be able to do this and to have this as a, a fantastic opportunity. And and yes, is the answer to your question, Tim, of is it on the rise? Um, right. I'm talking to more and more Christian education groups, home education groups, mm -hmm. um, churches that are discovering that many Christians are deciding what what we need to do is to take responsibility for the education of our children. And they make big sacrifices. They really pray it through. They really uh, listen to, to what the Lord is saying in it, because it is it's no small matter to start to home educate your children. And yet sure. there are incredible benefits to it, which, um, which I'm sure Janine would, would want to explain uh, maybe a little bit later. I mean, there are a variety of reasons why people go, go for a home education model. Uh, Tim, uh, do you want me to kind of go into that a bit? Yes. Why, why, why is it increasing? Is it just, is it just Christians that are doing it? And uh, or what, what, are, what are the reasons why people are going into home education? Well, no, it's certainly not just Christians. I mean, in this country, the the registered number of home educators is about eighty one thousand here in the UK, and that's that's been is increasing. That parents or children? That's children, right? Eighty one thousand children, but that's the registered ones because there is no formal register that is a legal requirement at this stage right. um, for for that. So there there are probably tens of thousands more. That's just in England as well. So there are certainly at least a hundred thousand and and many many more. Indeed, um, in July last year, um, the BBC put, put an article out which said that there was a 75% rise in the months from September 2020 to April 2021, 75% rise in those who were choosing to home educate. Now, of course, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. Um, yeah. One in five of them would be to do with COVID reasons because of fear around COVID. That was we sort of all had to home educate, didn't we? In that, in the in the depths of lockdown, everyone was yeah. forced to home educate for a Most, bit. <laughs> <laughs> Most people in the home education world will say that's not home education. Okay, right. <laughs> that's fair enough. Fun. Fair enough. Yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, but but certainly, we many many parents and me included were were seeking to to do our best to try to keep the education ticking over. Really, I'm um, informed by the schools. But um, some some uh, nineteen percent of those that did choose to home educate chose to do it because of COVID reasons. Twenty percent of the survey showed chose to do it for philosophical or lifestyle reasons, as they call them. And another 20 percent for emotional health reasons. And one of the things that happened for Christians, particularly over that period, was they saw the education that was was being delivered to their children. It was being given to them as parents. And they were looking at it thinking, what, what, what is this? Particularly around the relationship yeah. and sex education side of things. Thinking, 
you're, you're wanting me to teach my children this. You were going to teach my children this kind of stuff. What on earth is going on? And that really challenged them about what they were doing with their children, sending them 30 hours a week. So many 38 weeks a year for, for this kind of teaching and training from non-Christian teachers. It, it kind of woke them up to what was going on. And yeah. they started to make uh, what's called in the surveys philosophical and lifestyle decisions around that. But also many parents felt that they had their children back in a really positive way when they stopped going to school in this kind of factory thing that they were going around and around. They discovered their mental health improved. Maybe yeah. some of those bullying issues had gone away. Yeah. They, they found that there were all sorts of benefits to it. And they thought, well, well, why don't we actually maintain those benefits by continuing to home educate? Because uh, the mantra that was going out was school is the best place for children, everybody. Yeah. Well, it, it's not necessarily the best place for all children. And many parents realised that and realised that they could do something about that in, in terms of home educating their children. So th that's yeah. some of the reasons why, okay. why those things have increased. That's, that's great. And, and look, we're getting some comments in now here. And um, I'll just read a couple of them. Phoenix um, Evely, I hope I pronounced it right, on Facebook, um, says Janine made a great point. During my MBA subjects, um, um, they overlap, but professors and lecturers uh, contradict each other often. And then in a PhD, um, it was all about research and documenting. You found that easier than the master's degree. Um, but the point about the siloed learning, meaning that um, teachers at MBA, like MBA level even uh, are contradicting each other is, is quite interesting, isn't it? And Heather Owen says, I'm home educated for three years. Well, I think she means being has is doing home education for three years using the ACE curriculum. That's another model that people use and incorporating different subjects on the Christian umbrella um, made up for a lack of creative approach by um, adding parts and doing our own creative and doing discussions and so on and to encourage critical analysis skills and able to think through things. And they loved it. Um, great. So, um, Janine, what prompted you? You've got, how many children have you got? Four. Um, and what, what prompted you, having you said you sort of, you know, originally thought of home educators as bordering on illegal mad, mad, mad people. Um, so what, what changed your mind on this? What, what prompted you to get into it? Oh, I think I was sort of, it was a push and a pull for me, to be honest, uh, in that. A bit of what Steve was saying there, we were, we were, so our children were only in, so our eldest was in the, his third year at school. So I'm sorry, you actually lose touch with what the different year groups are called, but he was seven and our youngest had been in for two years. He's an August baby. So that was, you know, he had to go to school having literally just turned four. Um, yeah. And so the, the push was that whole thing of, we, you know, I decided not to have a career to raise the children at home. You know, there's all kinds of sacrifices in that. And I know that's controversial in itself. When I say decided, the Lord led us that way. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm very grateful. But it was really, really hard. It's really hard being a stay at home mom. And it felt like all that hard work of training the children to be polite, to listen, to discuss, to respect, even at that young age, to do their chores, to pick up after themselves. They'd go to school and then I'd get this wild animal back. And then you'd reclaim them in the holidays, retrain them, and then they'd go back and all that hard work would be done. But right. that wouldn't have been enough in itself. It was just that the little boy was being sort of bullied, essentially, in the playground, and we'd spoken to the school. And actually, had gone to see, a, a, well, the doctor referred us to a specialist, and the specialist said, this isn't a physical problem, you have to talk to the school. And we thought, well, we've already talked to the school. This is a physical problem in that he's experiencing tummy aches and worry and anxiety. So 
there was that going on at the same time we lived in Vancouver when we were first married and a friend from those days had to begin home educating due to her husband's work and um went to visit them in their learning room in America and I was just very humbled that there am I with all my badges and great A levels degree post degree law diploma and I didn't even know the things that were there and her eldest child was about eight at the time and that just made me think wow if you know it maybe there's something in this maybe i should just look what what is it that they're learning and why didn't i learn this and okay. so, so you that saw just, someone do it which mulled it for you a bit okay yeah yeah so it was the push and the pull really in that in right. that sense yeah so how long have you been doing home education now that was in 2010 we began so right yeah okay 12 years and but we didn't what age are your children now uh, our eldest is 19, so 19, 17, 15, and 8. Right. And we didn't begin, what, what we thought was we'll, we'll just try it. We knew we were going to move house, so we, could, we, you know, a change was coming away from that particular school. So we, we yeah. just tried it for a year. So I'm just saying that because, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen and there's no harm in trying a thing. You can always change your mind. Yes. Um, so that's what we did. And what, what age did you home educate up to? Well, actually, Jake is our eldest and he's our first UK graduate from Classical Conversations. So he's now at uh, Patrick Henry College in Virginia in um, America. Uh, can, okay. Because the main reason for this is because we've lost our Christian heritage in our higher education institutions and um, America haven't. They are yeah. doing a great job. Um, so by God's grace, that's where he is. Wow. And so you educated him right up to what, age 18 or something? Or, or... Yes, I feel like I must make it clear. When you're a, when you're a homeschooling mum, you yeah. are not um, an expert in all subjects at all things, covering everything. Your children have all of the different tutors as they read books and different minds write different books and then you facilitate discussion and you put yeah. in their path mentors and other people. And so it certainly isn't that I have educated my son. I've just facilitated an education for Okay, all right. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a really good way of explaining it. Now, so listen, we're getting some more questions coming through here, which is great. Um, Heather Scammell on, on YouTube. Um, ask this, Steve, is home education under threat, uh, particularly in Wales, where the state seems intent on usurping parental role and, dare I say, lockdowns expose limitations of state education? Steve. So this, this brings into the kind of the title of the um, of today about the, the potential tyranny of the state. And uh, what, what's definitely going on at the moment is government is seeing that many people are wanting to home educate. Uh, in Wales, in Scotland, in the across the whole of the UK, and they are they've been pushing for a while to have a mandatory uh, register for all home educators, which might sound reasonable. You know, we should know where everybody is, but the the purpose of having that that mandatory register would be so that local authorities could come in and inspect what's going on. So, uh, wearing the the kind of safeguarding clothing and the you know, terrible things have happened to some children who've been kept away from school. Which okay, yes, those those things do occur. But wearing wearing that garb, um, they are wanting to push for mandatory registration for local authorities to inspect people's homes. Um, 
Now, that there, there's already plenty of legislation around to do with safeguarding that where there's a concern around a child's safety and there's uh, there's already, with regards to having GPs and health professionals involved with children, there's, there's all sorts of things in place regarding that. Um, it, it doesn't actually help the situation to have this mandatory register necessarily, which is also being touted as, some, as a way in which it could be checked out whether or not what home educators are doing is suitable mm. or not. Mm. Now, many of those who've, who've joined any of our um, Christian Concern live streams or been reading our emails, please do sign up for the emails that we send out, uh, will have been picking up very much so on the, the LGBT agenda, the inclusivity agenda, those yeah. kinds of things. And yeah. for government officials, local authority officials, to be going into home educators' homes to be sussing out whether or not what they're doing is suitable or not, because mm. they're on this register, starts to sniff of that kind of government tyranny of which some of us are quite concerned about could happen. So in, in Wales and in Scotland at the moment, there are some very um, progressive, and I put the word progressive in adverted commas, um, agendas within government that are moving things very quickly in the direction of suspicion of parents rather than a trust of parents, that parents might be the best people to look after and educate their children and yeah. in favour of saying, well, the state is really the person who should be trusted to know what is best for all children. And the state should be the people that monitor it, not just kind of picking up the people that might fall through the system because of strange and unusual circumstances. But no, for all parents, the state should be the people who are intervening, um, making sure they're being trained for what's called in the inspection terminology, modern British life. Mm -hmm. um, and making sure, just kind of sniffing out whether the parents' mm -hmm. views and values are in line with fundamental British so, values. So, Steve, if I play devil's advocate here a little bit, because people will be wanting to ask this question, so yes. shouldn't the state be checking that children are actually being taught how to read and write and have a basic level of education to some degree, and they're not just playing on Xbox all day long or something like that? Isn't, isn't, shouldn't the state make sure for the sake of the children? So again, this, this surrounds really the argument, how much do we want the state to do for us? Um, mm. People often talk about having a nanny state. Um, yeah. once, the, once the state gets involved in what's going on in your private conversations at home, yeah. um, I would say that that's, that's overreach of the state. And um, yes, of course, there is a, there's a responsibility that the state has, but it, it should not be a responsibility which is put in the place of God or put in the place of the authorities that God has, has put in place. So God has created family. God has created the church. God, there are other authority structures which God has put in place, which the state should not um, take over. And mm -hmm. the concerns around this from an ideological perspective would be that the state are seeking to regulate even the kinds of conversations potentially that people are having. If you look at the so-called conversion therapy ban proposals that are there, sorry to take yeah. it slightly off to a different track, but this, this kind of exemplifies it, to yeah. criminalise people who are talking to children um, about saying, do you know what, it's, you're a male and it's fantastic you're a male, it's good you're mm -hmm. not a female, stay a male, to potentially criminalise that kind of conversation and certainly any prayer around that kind of thing by government legislation, the state is starting to encroach upon private conversations, things that parents would want to be able to have naturally conversations with their yeah. children, which then which impinges on the education of the children because it's the parent's responsibility, really, and under law still, it's the parent's responsibility to make sure that their child is educated. Of course, systems within the state can help protect vulnerable individuals, but what is being proposed is going many steps further than that. Okay, now, 
Um, we've got uh, a lot of questions coming through, which is great. Haley Louise Haywood. Hi, Haley. Um, on Facebook, she says, what about people who aren't educated to a level they feel they can pass on enough through academic knowledge? I think that's a question for you, Janine, although you are very highly uh, academically trained. So what do you say to somebody who isn't as highly academically trained or qualified as you? I say, Haley, if you're a parent, you are qualified. God made you qualified and he gave your children to you. And he didn't give them to anyone else. He gave them to you. And um, I think what you've just expressed, Haley, is what we all feel. And I don't think I met anybody. I've ne I don't think I've ever met anybody who began home educating thinking that their own education was sufficient, if and uh, even sufficient, let, let, let alone better than than what they could have got at school. I think it's more a fear. Your fear is common and normal, I guess. And it's a funny thing because I think about it often, this whole thing. And, and I think what's happened, Haley, is that because we all went to school, we all are kind of just our default is school knows everything. School knows everything. And I went to school. And so if I don't put my children in school, they're not going to know everything without kind of just taking a step back, because it's hard to take a step back when culture's taking us in one direction. But if you take a step back and you think, okay, so I went to school, but I don't feel equipped to teach my children. Is that the kind of education system that's, you know, speaks success to me? Or is there something wrong with that? It, you know, if I, if I went to school myself, how, how come I'm not equipped to educate my own child? And there's that you've got to take in, into consideration that you probably could be a teacher. You know, you probably could, you probably could. Uh, you know, I respect, I have so many teachers in both sides of our family, so I, please don't, please hear me right that I think teachers do an amazing job, um, a very difficult job. Um, and the point is that anyone could, be, not anyone, lots of people could become a teacher if they took the time to train and it would take, I don't know, if for me, I understood that I could become a teacher in a year, having done some qualification, but I think you could do it in three years maybe. So then you could teach a class of 30. Well, I guess that was part of my reasoning was, well, if I could teach a class of 30 with a bit of training, I could probably learn alongside my children if the oldest is seven and I work hard. And um, so I would say to people that feel they aren't educated enough, maybe question why you feel like that. And do you want to mm. pass on that feeling to your children? And I'll just say as well, Janine, that, that what you do is in classical conversations, as many of the kind of home education groups do, is you support each other, don't you? There's exactly. a huge amount of support. And that, what you were saying about being a facilitator to help provide some other mentoring and things, that's also a part of it. You don't have to be absolutely everything yourself, do you, Janine? It's a bit, it's, a, it's an excellent point, um, Steve. And I think um, it's like most things, isn't it? If you, if you um, hear of somebody who does fencing and you've never done fencing, it's just a whole world you know nothing about. And home education is a bit like that. But then if you then wanted to do fencing, you'd probably discover all kinds of life and activity and mm -hmm. um, you might be able to say, I don't do fencing. Okay, so um, look, Elizabeth Littlewood, hi, Louis, um, on YouTube, um, is asking a similar question. Um, education level does it influence your ability is it advantageous to do an ma or a ba i think you're going to say none of those really matter is that um i think janine how does your education level influence your ability to home educate <laughs> well sorry i'm sort of laughing because i'm just trying to work out what i, I think um is it advantageous to do an ma or a ba 
sorry, is this question asking whether you need some sort of education? Yes. Yes. Or whether you're gonna be a better educator if you've got more qualifications. Yeah, I think you're gonna be a better educator of your child if you if you are willing to sacrifice. I mean that Jesus is our example, right? And that's yeah. what love is, and it's really hard, I'm not gonna lie. Right. Um, but that's that's the hardest thing. And the other hardest thing is getting everything else done, like the shopping and the cooking and the cleaning. But actually the education yeah. bit is great. Mm. And and I want to I must say this because this was very persuasive for us. because uh, um you might have seen him. Oh gosh, what's his name? The uh, in, uh, the in Institute for Research for Home Education, Dr. Brian Ray. His yeah. research shows that it doesn't actually matter what style of education nope. you choose. Interestingly, home educate the worst a home educated graduate, for want of a better word will do in, comp in compared to their peers that went to school is they'll do at least as well as them that's the worst they can do so I think that's very encouraging because it doesn't matter what your style or your qualifications mm -hmm. are as a parent you you love your child and you will okay. and if you love the Lord you'll be pursuing both together which is okay the best what about um, Chris Joyce on YouTube Ask this home education currently seems like an all or nothing scenario. What about a hybrid system where we have part time school and part time homeschooling, which is perhaps what we had in lockdown? Um, is, is that a good model? My answering this, I'm an all or nothing person, so I find it very hard to consider. <laughs> <laughs> However, I'm a very flexible person. Well, you've just admitted it's hard, you just admitted it's very hard. So, is could a hybrid thing work better for more people? Okay, so the Bible says a student will be like his teacher. Yeah. And I th I think schools are not... So Steve mentioned earlier that schools are built on a factory system. I, d I don't yeah. think that there's really... I haven't come across a school yet that embraces change in terms of education. And my mum pointed out years ago, she's been in education and, and uh, things in her mm -hmm. life. And, and she, uh, she, well, she just pointed out what a shame that these buildings stand empty, um, not being able to be used, the facilities, you know? So, mm -hmm. so actually if a school or the government was interested in helping home educators, they'd open up the schools in the evening and the sports centers so that we could use them, but they're not available to, to mm -hmm. us. Um, mm -hmm. And, so I, I don't know, I'd, be, I'd love to talk to a school that was interested in partnering um, facilities or, or, you know, towards a better provision of services mm -hmm. for children and families. I'd love to talk to anyone about that. Let so me know when, if you have success. Yeah. When we, as a principal of a school, we, we would sometimes have flexi schooling for some children who would receive home education at home and then also join us for other parts of things that that can work. Um, I think one of the questions that when I'm talking to people who are considering home education is they say, oh, can can someone else do some of it for me is essentially what they're saying. And yeah. that, then they haven't really wrestled with what it is that home education is. And it is a it's a proper sacrifice um, mm -hmm. that has some incredible potential outcomes if it's what God's calling you to do. And one of the things I see in home educated children is one of the things that they're often pushed back is well, what about socialization? You know, they're not going to be yeah. trained to be sociable children because they've just been, been with, you know, with their families at home. But yeah. then you do have to push back with the, well, well, how, what is, is it really a normal situation to be with uh, 30 other children of all the same within 12 months of age of each other, 30 hours a week? Is that, is that kind of normally what then happens later on 
in life. Yeah. And the when yeah. you look at the children who've who've come from home educated families, as I I have done, and again I've got many friends, that they're not necessarily the ones in a church context when there's lots of adults and different ages around. They're not the ones who are sat there on their little phones, kind of isolated from the rest of everybody else. They're the ones who are actually talking to the adults. They're the ones who are actually talking to the younger children. They're the ones who have been brilliantly socialised. Um, yes. And so we've kind of bought a bit of a lie saying, well, if you're going to be well socialized, mm -hmm. you need, need to be put in these factories. With I, remember, I remember my parents, I, my parents sent me to school, but um, they were aware of a Christian group that did home education. And I remember they were very struck. They told me that some of those kids became prefects when they went to sixth form. And they thought, wow, you know, they obviously, you know, they, they probably had that concern about, you know, adoption, whatever, socialization. And they, and they, they went to sixth form. And they were the ones picked for prefects, you know, so obviously they did really well. Uh, there's no problem with socialization and leadership and all that. They, they actually were leaders, obviously, um, able to lead well and, and relate well to other people. So they were better than the other kids in that respect, um, which is a great endorsement, isn't it, um, there? So, Ginny, let me ask you, what about qualifications? A lot of people are thinking, so what do you do? Do we have to do, do GCSEs and all that stuff? What do you do about qualifications or, or do you just not worry about qualifications? Um, I can I also talk about the other thing we just spoke about in a minute? Yeah. <laughs> Which one shall we do first? So let, let's carry on what we were just, can we just pick up on that? Oh, just because of socialization. Yeah. So when, if you start typing socialization into your computer, yeah. English spelling, by the time you get to the second S, guess what pops up as an autocorrect? Socialism. Socialist. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but also, I I just feel like I have to the the um, I'd really like to just paint a picture for you of of our life, which is that we meet in community once a week with other home educators for a full day of learning, and so yeah. that's what I was sort of saying at the beginning. It's not a school, but it's kind of like school in that sense that you yeah. are with other families, maybe right. twenty families in in one building one day a week with the parents yeah. sharing out the, the teaching and um, the tutoring and the loving of the children and the caring of the children and the support for the parents, so all these things. So mm. I think it's a bit like, for me, again, you know, being a housewife, you know, what is a housewife anyway? Does she stay at home in a box? You know, it's just, it's one of those odd terms, house, yeah. home education, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't do what it says on the tin. It's it's not in the home. Um, and that's why home educators start to bristle when people say, oh yeah, we've all had to go at home education in lockdown. You know, that's like going for a swimming lesson and having the teacher jump in with you and mechanically move your arms while you swim. You know, that that's not swimming. And uh, home education during lockdown is is not home education. It's basically trying to work at home while also have your children around your feet. That's it's the worst of all world, I think, probably. I think it's the worst of all <laughs> Sorry. world. Trying to learn online. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have them learn online. So um, so back to the qualifications issue. Again, it's a bit like, um, in a way, this is the beauty of it, but it's it's... We nearly put our son, who I just told you about, who's at Patrick Henry College, which... In is university basically in America. Um, we nearly put him in school in the high school years because of fear of, yeah. you know, he's an academic guy, just bright and uh, capable. And I just thought we're probably gonna let him down <laughs> if we try and do this at home. Anyway, the Lord had other ideas and I'd already signed up for the Classical Conversations Challenge Program training. So I, I've kind of felt like a fraud going on this training thinking, I'm probably gonna pull him out actually. 
but anyway I've signed up for it and and it was just going on that gave me the confidence because I had never I, I was in the position of a student and felt valued during that experience this led us to carry on with uh, the high school years research what do you do how do you take qualifications and basically you you can still take all the qualifications you need as a home educator you just you just research and do what you need to do right and they get accepted by universities and all that kind of thing uh so uh, i can't really talk to that in the uk because we ended up not going down the university path however the research that my son did it just looks like on the ucas form you tick what your qualification is uh and if it's a british one it's a british one and if it's an sat it's an sat and that's Mm -hmm. what you do that's how it looks it it, yeah is that your understanding steve yeah, and if, if you do GCSEs, I mean, everybody understands the language of GCSEs. If you do A-levels, everyone understands the language of, of A-levels. Um, even there are some other sorts of qualifications. There are international qualifications. Mm-hmm. Again, um, universities t- tend to know about those other ones because they often have international students. So it's not as not a big as issue as many people uh, are concerned about. I mean, that, there have been some questions around some mm-hmm. some programmes that offer their own um yeah own qualifications that, that aren't always fully understood by universities and that sometimes makes it more difficult. But I think there are ways around all of those things, absolutely. Okay, so so I'm gonna close with a, a closing question to both of you, which is what would be your top tip or advice to somebody who's considering home education for their children? If I go first and we let Janine do the big kind of finale finish. <laughs> um, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. And I think many of us have to look at what's going on with our children, look at what's going on in schools and saying, is what I am facilitating and allowing to happen actually hindering my children from developing a faith in Jesus Christ, a faith that would allow them to come to him, to learn from him, to want to follow him. And if you're if you're hearing that or you're sensing that, um, there may be a fantastic independent Christian school that off- offers a fantastic education, which is really supporting parents. There are a lot of those around as well. But it, it might be that there's not one of those or it might be that you're sensing, hang on a minute, what Janine's been saying, what I've been hearing here. This is actually something that I need to consider in in my response to what God's call is on us to train up a child in the way they should go so that when they're old, they won't turn from it. In response to what Ephesians said, fathers, fathers, don't exasperate your children, but instead train them up in the instruction of the lord are we doing that it might well be that a a response that god is calling you to make is to consider christian home education maybe the classical conversations model many people are i know that janine's got four new hubs or communities of people that are starting up and down this this country um, as this is growing so i think we need to take take it to the lord pray it through really recognize what's going on with your own children what's going on in society and respond to it's respond in faith, not fear. Um, you, you may feel like you, you want to avoid the tyranny of the state. Well, that, that can be a prompt, but allow faith to arise in you as to what God is calling you to, because that will be what will sustain you in whatever the next stage of the journey is that the Lord is leading you on. Janine, what would you say? I can't top that, Steve. I think that's <laughs> absolutely right. I think that I was going to, I mean, if you can't do anything unless the Lord leads, you know, commit your ways to the Lord and your plans will be established, but definitely don't let fear win. Um, you know, John 10, 10, we're called to the abundant life, not, not just life. And 
And what if life was done differently? You know, I don't know, some people on this call might be old enough to remember that programme Cheers um, back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. You know, what, what, if, what if you go somewhere and everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came? Well, that's the classical conversations community for me, you know, for my children. We walk in, everyone knows our name. They're always glad we came. That we're all ages, all mixing together. And, it, and part of that song on Cheers, because I looked it up to remember it, it's, it's something about, you know, because life is hard and it's nice to, to do, to we all have the same problems essentially. So you can do it in community. And, and actually that's how you learn humility. Uh, that's how I learned humility. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how much it is community, how education, they've got this idea of people stuck mm. in their home and it, it is very much community based or should be ideally, um, I think. And, um, and that's important to find community, isn't it? Connect with uh, community as well. Listen, thank you very much, um, particularly Janine for joining us. Uh, really appreciate that. And I'm sure we've got a lot to learn uh, from you um, about this classical, what's the website again? Just let me tell me again what the website is. Classicalconversations.co.uk. You'll find everything you need, hopefully. Great. Via links. Thank you. Yeah. Should, we, should we sing the, the the Cheers theme tune as we go out, Tim? Is that the way to end this? <laughs> No, well, I'll leave that to you, but I, I won't be joining you. Um, listen, thanks for watching. Um, thanks for joining us. And um, I hope you found it really interesting. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Come on, Janine. I've got a terrible scene. And they're always glad you came. Come on, you style this. Something is all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Very good.